0: And everything else that has happened this morning, I have been, the Lord has confirmed to me that this is what is needed for this body of Christ at this time. We're going to be talking about confidence in Christ, confidence in Christ, but we're not going to be using the Old New Testament, we're actually going to be using a psalm, a psalm to talk about having our confidence in Christ. Let us open in prayer. Precious Lord, we love you so very much and we thank you for this opportunity once again to come together as a body of Christ. Lord, we want to learn from you. We want to draw closer to you. We want to understand you more and learn more about you, Lord. So open our hearts, open our minds, open our spirits. Help us to receive the wisdom and knowledge that you have for us, Lord. Let our hearts and our spirits be receptive to the moving of the Holy Spirit, that in the end we may be changed, we may be drawn closer to you, and we may love you more. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Confidence. Confidence. Confidence in Christ. We're going to be talking about Psalm 27. So as most of you know, I'm more of a teacher than a preacher. So we're go- this is going to probably come more as a kind of a lesson than as a um, preaching, so to speak. So uh, I hope that you will bear with me. I thank you for your understanding as we open the word of God and understand what God has for us. And Psalm 27 was was written by David. Now we all know David and we all know what David had gone through and what David, how his life started. We know that he had a life of hardship. We know that he had a life where he was seemingly overlooked because he was the youngest of a bunch of brothers. So we know that he was overlooked. He was, he was uh, dismissed because of uh, where he was born. He was born the youngest. And he had a lot of brothers. So we understand and know that he was overlooked, right? But God didn't overlook him. God didn't overlook him. We know that throughout his uh, ascension to the to being the king of Israel, the things that he went through, right? He went through a lot of hardship. It was very difficult for him to get to that throne. It was very difficult for him to get there because the man that he loved the most, the man that he loved very much and he respected, that he cared about, that he that he really loved, was always trying to kill him, but in, but David and his love and his respect—not just for Saul, but for God—because Saul was the king at the time, even though David was anointed the king. He understood that, and he wasn't going to get in the way of that. So here we see Psalm twenty-seven. He's gone through all of these things. He's been trying. The people have been trying to kill him. Saul's army has always been after him. He's always been hiding in caves. He's been going here and going there, and you know he's had a he's had a very hard time of it. But in the midst of all that, he can still he can still have confidence in his God. So he re so he writes Psalm twenty seven. It's probably a song more than a psalm. Don't ask me to sing it. You'll you'll regret that. Psalm 27, the first three verses, says this. He says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamped against me, My heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. The word confident. So here's David going through all of these things. He's been anointed by Samuel to be the king of Israel. God specifically chose David to be king over all of Israel. He was anointed by prophets. To be king, yet he's going through all of these things. He's going through all of these things, and despite all of that, he can still say this The Lord is my light and my salvation. See, the verses, first three verses, stress the confidence that David had in the Lord. And this is confidence that we can have. No matter what we go through in this life, and yeah, life is hard. Life is very hard, isn't it? Life is difficult. But as we have our confidence in our Lord, we'll always be okay. We may not be fighting battles like David. We may not be fighting armies. We might might not be living in a cave, you know, uh, sneaking around just to survive. We may not be doing all that, but we are fighting our own battles, aren't we? You are fighting your own battles. I don't know what your battles are. I don't know what you're going through, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I know for sure that each and every one of us here, we're fighting our own battles, aren't we? We fight, every day we fight temptation. Every day we fight greed. Every day we fight lust. Every day we fight to keep ourselves set apart from this world. Every day we are battling and fighting to make sure that we remain separated from this world. Be holy, be righteous in the midst of an evil world. We are fighting that every single day. We fight to keep ourselves set apart from the world. In those battles, we experience our enemies rise against us with hurtful words and deeds, right? We have people talk against us. We have people doing things against us. It's just the nature, nature of this world. And in the midst of all of this, we can still have confidence in our Lord. We can still have confidence. We can be confident that our God will never leave us. He won't leave us. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter how hard it seems. It doesn't matter that you feel like you're not going to make it through. I can promise you and guarantee you that your God is with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you, right? He said that both in Deuteronomy and in Hebrews. He said, he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He's always with us. Despite the heaviness of David's situation, how dire it seemed that he wasn't sure if he was going to make it through the next day, he was confident that God had the perfect plan for him. As you submit to the Lord, as you have your relationship with the Lord, I can promise you he has a plan for you. He does. He has a perfect plan for you, a great and wonderful plan for you. He has never left you. He has never forsaken you. You are always on his mind. He's He's always there for us. And because of that, we can have confidence when we come before him because he loves us. In Hebrews 4.16 it says, Therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Imagine that. Because of what Jesus has done for us, because of what Jesus did on the cross for us, we can now come to God the Father with confidence, That's what the author of Hebrews is telling us. We can now draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Meaning we can come into the very presence of God with confidence, knowing that it's okay for us to be there because of what Jesus has done for us. We can now confidently go right into the very presence of the creator of this universe and receive grace and mercy from him because of what Jesus has done for us Amen. confidence confidence in our relationship with Jesus second God desires for us to seek him for ourselves we need to seek after him. we need to seek after him. right in in your relationship with your spouse in your relationship with your boyfriend your girlfriend you you work on it right It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of communication. It takes a lot of compromise. It takes, you know, a lot of openness. It takes honesty. It takes so many things to have a good relationship with one another, doesn't it? But the most important thing is our desire to have them in our lives. Right? So in verses 4 through 6, it says this. One thing, this is my favorite verse, by the way. This is my all-time favorite verse, 27.4. One thing have I desired, actually in the New New American Standard, it says one thing have I asked from the Lord, that shall I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle in his secret place of his tent he will hide me he will lift me up on a rock and now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me and i will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy i will sing yes i will sing praises to the lord praise the lord So God desires us to seek after him. He desires for us to have a relationship with him. God desires to have a one-on-one, intimate, unique relationship with him. That's why he sent his only begotten son, Jesus. To die on the cross, to take our sins upon his son so that we could be forgiven, so that relationship could be restored. The relationship that was that was damaged from Adam and Eve has been restored because of Jesus, and He desires us to seek after Him. David is seeking the Lord; he is exclaiming his desire to communicate with Him in the safety of His sacred tent. He wants to be in the presence of the Lord all day, every day. That's how much he loves His Lord. Now, I talked to you a little bit about everything that he'd gone through. But in the midst of all of those hardships that he went through, he knew that that his God was with him, and his God got him through all of it. Right? He was victorious over everything that came against him, and he knew that it wasn't because of him. It was because of his relationship with the Lord. Yeah, we're going to go through things. Yeah, we're going to go through hardships. But God still wants us to seek him in the midst of that. To seek him in the midst of all of that hardship. Ultimately, David is seeking joy that can only come from communing with the Lord. I love that. That when we seek the Lord, we are going to have a joy that can't be quenched when we have that close, intimate, unique relationship with the Lord, there is going to be a joy there that cannot be quenched. It cannot be taken away. It does not diminish. It's there always, regardless of how hard your life is, no matter how hard things are getting in your life, no matter how many, how much of your enemy is coming against you, there is joy because you are in the presence of your Lord and your Savior. Praise the Lord. So, David expresses his desire to not only learn about God, but he wants to be with God in his temple and make music with the Lord. He just wants to be in the presence of the Lord. He doesn't want to just learn about him. He wants to be with him. There's a big difference, isn't there? There's a big difference between Knowing somebody and really knowing somebody, right? You can know about somebody or you can know them, right? You can know about them or you can know them. Which one do you want? I would rather know them. I would rather know my Lord. Amen. And that's why I love that verse 4 so very much because David had that desire. Uh, King James said, One thing have I desired. And that will I seek after. He says, I don't want anything else. I don't want to be rich. I don't want to be known. I don't want to have notoriety. I don't want to be popular. I don't even care about the kingdom. All I desire and all that I will seek after is the Lord. He says, One thing have I desired, one thing that I want, one thing that I I crave more than anything else, and that is something that I'm going to seek after. I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to go after it with every ounce of energy that I have because that's what I want. And what do I want? He says, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. He wants to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life. And then he also wants to behold the beauty of the Lord. Now, we live in an amazing state. We live in a place that is absolutely beautiful. We live in a city where over a million people come here every summer just to behold the beauty of this place, right? They come to see our glaciers. They come to see our mountains. They come to see our wildlife. They come to see everything that, that Southeast Alaska has to offer. And they come and they pay money for it. They pay money for it. But all of this com- just is dim compared to the beauty of our Lord. Amen. Because it is his creation. So we want to behold the beauty of the Lord just like David wanted to behold the beauty of the Lord. And he says, and I want to meditate in his temple. I always want to be in his presence. David is saying, I always want to be in his presence. I always want to have access to my Lord. I always want to be able to come and ask him questions. I want to be able to come and talk to him and have fellowship with him, ask him about things, ask his advice, ask his his wisdom for my life. I want him to lead me and guide me and be there for me every step of my life. That's what David is saying. So today, God God still wants his children to commune with him. He still wants us to have that communion with him. He still wants us to have that same desire that David had for his Lord and Savior. He wants that. God wants each and every one of us to desire him more than anything. God gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit so that we could commune daily with him. He gave you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that resides within you helps you understand God the Father more every single day, if that's what you desire. If you want to meditate and inquire within his temple, he'll always be there. He'll always be there for you. So God will never forsake us. He'll always be with you, never forsake you. In verses, where did I leave off? I think I finished verse. So so verses 7 through 10. It says this, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, and be gracious to me and answer me. When thou didst say, Seek my face, my heart said to thee, Thy face, O Lord, I shall seek. Amen. Do not hide thy face from me. Do not turn thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been, thou hast been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsake me. O God, fear. Of my salvation. For my father and and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. He'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. This is how much he loves you. So verses nine and ten of this psalm shows David crying out for God not to turn his face from him. Now, like, like any of us, David was human, right? And David made mistakes. David made some whopper of sins. Most of us have done the same or similar. We've made whoppers of sins. So in the midst of that, God still didn't leave him. He never forsaken. I always think about my salvation. All the things I did before I got saved were not good. We're not good at all. But in the midst of that, God still called me. In the midst of the depths of the blackness of my sins, God still looked down and he still saw me, still loved me enough to send me the Holy Spirit to prick my heart and to bring me to Jesus, to his only begotten son. He does that for every one of us. He does that for every one of us. He did that for David. David has spent many years fighting and running. Through it all, he never lost faith in God. No matter what he was going through, no matter what battles he had to fight, no matter how many people came against him, he never gave up on his God. He knew that his God had never given up on him. He knew it. He knew that his God was always there, had never forsaken him. He was confident that the God he served would never forsake him. That same God will never forsake you. He loves you. He loves you so very much. He loves you beyond your own comprehension. He loves you beyond the comprehension that the human mind can even comprehend. We can't even imagine the love that he has for us. And he showed that when he sent his only begotten son. Right? So no matter how hard life gets, no matter how much the enemy comes against you because you are a believer in Jesus Christ. No matter all of that, have the confidence and knowledge that he will never leave you. And you have even greater confidence that all that stuff that the enemy is coming against you cannot take the Lord away from you. Right? He can't separate you from God. And I believe this psalm is what... uh, the Apostle Paul was talking about when he said in Romans chapter 8, I didn't give this verse to these guys, so it's not going to be up there. Let's see if I can find it again. Romans chapter 8, verses, I think, 38 and 39. Paul says, actually, verses 37 through 39, Paul says, but on all these things, we are overwhelmingly conquered through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created things shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And even if you go through all of these things, I can promise you that he is still with you. He is still with you. He still loves you. He still cares about you. And nothing in this world can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can. Can you imagine that? Nothing can separate you from that. that. So have confidence. Have confidence that you're not alone. Have confidence that you are not alone. That you're loved. You're cared about. You are. I promise you, you are. You are never alone. In the depths of your of your despair, you're not alone. In the depths of your heartache, you're not alone. In the depths of your grief, you're not alone. You're not. And then Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 to emphasize the fact that you're not alone. He learned the secret. He learned the secret, and I believe that secret that Paul is talking about comes from Psalm 27. When he said uh, in, in uh, Philippians chapter 4, oh, let's see, I think verses, starting with Verse 11. He says, not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I'm in. He says, I'm content. Doesn't matter what what I'm going through in this world, I'm content. He said, I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. What a wonderful secret. What a wonderful secret, isn't it? That... What a wonderful secret that Paul revealed to all of us. It doesn't matter what we're going through in our life. Yeah, we may find ourselves in times of want. When we need and we don't have. And we might find ourselves in abundance when we have everything that we need. We might find ourselves hungry. Not knowing where our next meal is going to come. We might find ourselves in a place where we're just full. Because God, because we have in abundance. He said no matter what the circumstance, no matter what's going on in our life, I can, I can know and have assurance and be confident that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. So he's saying have confidence. Have confidence in the Lord. Have confidence in your salvation. Have confidence that Jesus is with you, no matter what. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Have confidence that you can get through anything and everything because of him. You can get through it. Finally, God is trustworthy. God is trustworthy. Verses 11 through 14, the last part of the psalm. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my foes. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversaries for false witnesses have risen against me and such as breathe out violence. I would have despaired, listen to this, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. Praise the Lord. He said, I would have despaired. I would, have, I, would just, I would have had no hope. I would have considered my circumstances being hopeless, except that I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. We will always see the goodness of the Lord. Finally, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. That is the key. That is the key. Wait for the Lord, right? Inevitably, we will face trials on this earth. We will feel like we cannot handle anything else. Our patience begins to run dry and life seems hopeless. It is in these moments that we can trust our God. In those times when we feel like we can't handle another, another thing in our lives. In those times of, of hardship when we just feel like our, we're running out of patience. We don't know what's going to happen. We can stand with King David as he said, I would have despaired. I would have despaired. I would have. I would have. But, he said, but unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord have faith. Believe that you are going to see the goodness of the Lord no matter what the circumstances are going on in your life. You're going to see the goodness of the Lord. I'm so thankful that that song was sung this morning. The goodness of God. The goodness of God. What wonderful and amazing words to that song. I absolutely love that song and it just Touches my heart every time I hear it on the radio, every time we sing it in this church, because the words mean so very much the goodness of God. You can look back on your life and see all the hardship that you had already gone through. No matter how young or how old you are, you can look back and see the hardship. But in the midst of the hardship, you can see the goodness of God. No matter what you had gone through in your life, no matter how hard it was, whether you lost family members, you lost jobs, or whatever it might be, you could see the goodness of God because you know that he'd never left you, he'd never forsaken you. He's been with you, he continues to be with you because he is trustworthy. (laughs) He is trustworthy. Each time David was in a precarious situation, he could trust God to take care of him. And he always did. God was not changed God has not changed from the time of David. He has not changed. He is still the same. The same God that watched over David watches over you. The same God that loved David loves you. The same God that that David trusted, you can trust. You can trust. Because he is trustworthy. Now every one of us has put trust in somebody and they have failed us, right? You you have put trust in somebody and they failed you. In one way or the other, they let you down. God isn't like that. God will never fail you. He is completely and totally trustworthy trustworthy. He really is. God has not changed from the time of David. We worship the same God David did. And we can trust the same God. You can trust him. You can trust him. Now I've probably failed most of you in one way or the other at some point in our relationship. I may have failed you. But he hasn't. He hasn't. In fact I'm fairly confident I've done that in one way or the other I've failed each and every one of you one way or the other at some point in our relationship I messed up I did and I can, I can be open about that and confess that fairly easily but I can also confess that God has never failed you he's never failed you he's always there with you he is trustworthy God is the only thing we can trust in he has proven over and over that he will keep his promises. He keeps his promises. If he has promised you something, he'll keep that promise. That is a guarantee. He will show up at just the right moment to rescue us every single time. Every single time. This is a message of. of Encouragement this morning. So be encouraged and know and understand. Understand the God that you serve. Know the God that you serve. David knew the God that he served. He knew that his God was trustworthy. He knew that his God would never leave him. He knew that his God would, would never forsake him. He knew that his God would help him be victorious and be able to get through every every situation, every circumstance, every um, battle that the enemy would come against him with, he knew that he would be victorious because he had that relationship with God. We here have a personal relationship with God because of what Jesus has done on the cross for each and every one of us. And because of that you can trust him. Because of that you can lean on him. Because of that you can have confidence knowing, knowing that he has your best interests at heart. Trust in him. Believe in him. Love him. Because he loves you so very much. Would you stand with me? I know you're used to an hour-long ser- sermon from Pastor Keith. I don't preach that long. If you felt discouraged if you f- at any point have felt that God had forsaken you if you had felt at any time that you're all alone if you had felt at any time that nobody loves you and you felt defeated and you have felt like giving up be encouraged today that you are loved that you are remembered, that you're cared about, that you're protected, that God is with you. He sees what you're going through. He sees your heartache. He sees your hardship. He sees your needs, whatever it might be. He knows about them. Trust that he is working on it. In his timing, not ours. In his timing, not ours. He loves you. He loves you very, so very much. Precious Lord, we love you and we thank you, Lord, for this message of encouragement that you gave to all of us. We thank you, Lord, that we can trust in you. We thank you, Lord, that we can have confidence in our relationship with you. That even if we mess up, Lord, even if we lose our faith, you remain faithful to us, Lord. And Lord, in the midst of everything that this world throws against us because we follow after you, we know, Lord, that you have already overcome the world and we can have trust knowing that you have done that. We have trust, Lord, that you are always with us. That as we look to you, you will lead us, you will guide us, you will direct us through the power of the Holy Spirit that you have given us to fill us. And i pray lord in peace upon every member of this body of christ lord this morning give them peace give them strength give them encouragement lord let them feel your love throughout the day let them understand and know that wherever they go today that you are with them help them to remember your help them to remember your goodness